at Parker yesterday for four hours. We just did the hour-long recruiting show, and now it's you and me for three hours, dude. Man, four, it's been a while. Four hours of Parker. My goodness. Yeah, it's uh, us today, tomorrow, yeah, which, and by the way, Thursday. Four hours of Parker. Uh, I need to find it. I had I had a list going dictionary of, or something of words that I would that would never otherwise be uh, heard on the rush. It was a pretty long list. <laughs> yeah, I ma- it was I ma- pretty good. I imagine so. You're going to look like Santa un- 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 unrolling that. I'll tell you what, he's even, I mean, we know that he's like that in person. So for the listeners that think yeah. that he's just churching it up, no. you know, for air or, you know, if you're on OU Insider, you know, you read his articles and you're like, you, get, you end up having to keep a dictionary tab open as well. No, he talks like that all the time, all the time. It's so, good. Yeah. It's good. Smart guy. Uh, We've kind of had some things going on the last couple of days. I've yeah. seen you uh, interacting some on social media. Where shall we start? Should we go football or softball? Ooh, let's let's go softball. Okay, let's go softball because because you know we got to put a bow on softball eventually, and then we're we're going to be talking football for a long time. Obviously, the SEC schedule comes mm-hmm. out tomorrow. Uh, by That'll the be fun. by the end of the show, I kind of want to I want to write down what our guesses will be as to who our opponents will be tomorrow. Oh, I mean we can do it tomorrow because we got the whole show tomorrow before. Okay. We got to say we got to keep that one in the back pocket. All right, I only I typically do one show a week. I'm just ready to fire all uh, all yeah. the time. Hey, you, you guys save material. You know, I'm just. Ready Don't to burn through all your ammo <laughs> as soon as the war starts, right? You got to stockpile some. Right. So, all right, softball. Um, Thursday night, Sooners hoist the national championship trophy. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, rumors started to fly over the weekend. And uh, mon- Monday morning, confirmed ace Jordy Ball into the transfer portal. Looks like she's. Uh, Wanting to head back home to Nebraska, understandable. What do you think of the fallout? You know what? I was supremely impressed by really OU Twitter, but OU fans in general. Um, I think they're very supportive. I mean, 99.9% of the replies and everything were, were very, very supportive. And the one, you know, that wasn't, I mean, OU Twitter was like a, like a, like a white blood cell. You know, mm-hmm. just attacked it and say, hey, man, get out of here, loser, this, that, and the other. Uh, I thought it was, you know, very welcomed. It's unprecedented, but, I mean, the best p- pitcher on the best team ever leaves after being named most outstanding player, uh, you know, in a 5-0 and run toward, to a national championship. Um, you got a new stadium coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, you could could have really been the face of the sport and I think that probably gives you a bit of uh, a look into why she probably did leave because you know I I think that you know like when when you were coming up in football there were football stars right like like there were football stars it was already on tv it was already you know this that and the other it was the, the sport had already blown up with softball everybody currently like in college right now they didn't really grow up. There wasn't like pro softball on TV, and really there wasn't a lot of college softball on TV. No. You're, you're playing in front of very small crowds. It's you know you're playing it for the love of the game, and there's no really fame involved or a lot of money. There, there's only been until recently. There's only been a handful of of stars. Um, you know what? Uh, Cat Osterman from Texas. Why am I drawing a blank Jenny on Finch. the? 
Finch from uh, Arizona. Yep. There's been a handful of of stars, but you're right. It's it's a fairly recent phenomenon. Right. And so you go, I mean, we and and OU has been the face of the phenomenon if now, you hang think on about a it. Let me ask this. Okay. Are are there just softball stars here? Because I what we've won 6 out of the last 10. Um, we've got we had the previous home run champion. We had the home run champion that dethroned her. We've had you know um, just yeah two back to back national player so of the year. Are we kind of in a are we in a little bit of a bubble here as we view that perhaps? I think it's possible, but when you look at nationwide viewership, mm-hmm. I mean you're getting it's true literally millions of people tuning into the women's college world series now. Uh, uh, our friend uh, um, Aaron Miller she put out a stat where she works for ESPN now, obviously doing softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, she put out a stat on Twitter. It was like, in you know, when she started there, I think they televised like 24 games, and this past year they televised like 1,200 on wow. ESPN properties. I mean, so that's the thing. It's been such a meteoric. I mean, the state of Oklahoma, they made a deal. With Oklahoma City doubled the capacity of Hall of Fame Stadium, and now they still don't have enough seats. So you go from growing up in a sport where there's really nobody that's the true like face of the explosion, right, to where now all these OU girls are the face of the explosion. And now you're an overnight kind of celebrity, if you will. And if you already weren't in really a, a real solid place, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally, then that can, man, that can stack up on you quick. Right. Yeah. No, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I see a text here uh, from 615 Area Code. I don't think it's wrong of her. It's her life. But it is not understandable in my mind. Just a mind-boggling decision. I get that. Uh, you would think to have, um, to have what she's got going, best player in softball, at the best program, during the best run new, of the sport. New stadium. Um, new stadium. Uh, everything is right there. Here's the thing, though, man. The superstars for softball, they're, I mean, I, they have a pro league, but college is the pinnacle. Right. They got two pro leagues. They're and not, there's not 1,200 of the pro league games on TV. Correct. Um, which I'm sure you can stream it and stuff. Uh, but the, she's at the pinnacle right now. I, it's not very difficult for me to see. And, and I'm setting aside, which I think is a totally legitimate reason for going home. She wants to be home. She's from Nebraska. She carries a lot of pride from being from Nebraska. She wants to take, like, she's a, you know, she's the star. She's going to take a ton of attention up there to her home state in the sport that she loves. There's no better way to grow the sport there than to do that but I put all of that aside whenever you're at the pinnacle this is superstar as hell to say I understand I've I can go win two more national I can win four straight perhaps at Oklahoma at the best program ever I'm going to step away from that and I'm going to go home where we've never won one, and bring a title to Nebraska. Like, that's like, 
I don't know. I mean, that's like a, a massive free agent going back to the team that he, you know. LeBron going back to Cleveland. LeBron going back. It's LeBron going back to Cleveland is what it is. Now, yep, yep, calculated yep. reasons for LeBron, <laughs> right? He had some he It's had some the anti-KD. It's the anti-KD. Right. But it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's actually superstar as hell to do what she's doing. Well, and also, and I think that's important to, you know, to touch on this text about how it's mind-boggling. And I think that's what makes the decision actually impressive to me. Like, I'm proud of Jordy for taking her mental health serious, for not trying to push through another year because because nobody else understands the decision. The only person that needs to understand the decision is Jordy Ball. And she had talked on a, on a a with a sports psychologist on his podcast about how in the preseason she wasn't feeling like herself. Um, you know, she wasn't feeling competitive. She wasn't feeling motivated. She started to wonder what was wrong with her. I mean, she was dealing – I mean, you don't go on a sports psychologist podcast to talk about that unless you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're fighting some things, right? So I thought it was it was really just impressive of her to go against what everybody thought you should do, right? Like, hey – just go get another title. Go get another couple titles. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, she she took all of that in the perfect situation in the eyes of most fans and went somewhere else and she's going to do her own thing. That takes a lot of a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. The this softball team with the run that they were on, trying to three peat, the explosion of the sport. You know, it brought a lot of stress to that team, uh, both the players and the coaches. I mean, it's a burden. It's difficult. Um, it's not easy mentally for for anyone. But I got to credit my wife, you know. She made the comment that now they see what you and like what the football team deals with every single year. Like, you know, there, there's, there's something to, and I'm not suggesting this is, this is it, but there's something to playing the sport that you love in somewhat anonymity, right? Less pressure. You go to a place like Nebraska where, Hey, you make the postseason amazing right that was great what a year like there's like the spotlight is bright and it can burn you you know and I know that there's been a lot of conversation about like people talking about the celebrations and how you should and shouldn't act and and catching a bunch of heat I that's that's what happens on the spot in the spotlight when your sport is growing and there's a lot of people watching there's not just a lot of people watching that love you. All of a sudden, there's a lot of people watching that also don't like you. And, and that's where a lot of the naysayers come in. But, you know, in the big time, that's common. There's, there's TV shows. I'm, we got ESPN going on in here. There's TV shows that all they do all day long and sit around and talk about well, what's Jimmy Butler's legacy now that he lost in the finals? He's not a superstar because he didn't win the championship. Right. It's all, like, all think, time lists. And all it, time lists. Think about the – and I'm not saying it's – like I'm not trying to suggest it shouldn't be like this, but it's the reality. Think about all the heat that Kevin Durant catches. Think about mm-hmm. all the heat that like Aaron Rodgers catches for – you know, it's 
That's what happens whenever you become a star. So, I mean, it's LeBron like, might be the best example of that. We brought up LeBron and MJ, mm-hmm. and the text line thinks LeBron couldn't hack it at the Y. You know, it's yeah. because it's like, well, you know, he's he flops, he does all this. There's probably not anybody who's lived up to the standard that, I mean, he was the chosen one. He has chosen one tattooed on his back. And all he did <laughs> was, all he did, it matches yours, right? All he did was then become, you know, one of the top two or three greatest players of all time by most people's standards. Like, that's the thing. But people are always looking to, to tear you down. And But I, I think that goes back to kind of what I was saying. It's like, this is – you can't – so say say that happens with a running back that plays for the University of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. right? Well, they can talk to DeMarco Murray because DeMarco Murray was that dude in the pros and in college, and you can get perspective from somebody. Yeah. The thing is, when you do unprecedented things – there ain't nobody to ask how it went, how they handled it. Right. You you are you are in uncharted territory. And this whole, you know, I get it. Greatest team ever, greatest run ever. Only two uh, one other team has had a three-peat and this team would have rolled that team. So, like there's nobody else to talk to that's done it. Right. So, so like you can't go get advice from people that that can give you some uh, guidance. Well, you know, here's kind of more of my overall point. Because I, I, I saw some of the – from what I've seen, like, Sooner Nation has been – I I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't seen anything negative from anyone. It, like I said, I'm sure there's, there's a couple out there, um, and I'm sure they're probably uh, – you could probably view them as negative, but they're probably not all that negative. They're probably just like, maybe this is a dumb decision for her to leave Oklahoma and go to – like – Something like that. But I've seen the take of it's it's no one's business. It's not. But when your sport is exploding and you're a star, like it's no one's business about like any athlete's decisions on anything. It's no one's business about where David Stone decides to go to college or where or why uh, LeBlanc decides to go into the portal. It's no one's business. But I know we think of it as different things sometimes, but this is entertainment. This is sports. Like the fans pump a ton of money into these, to these programs. The, like the reason softball's as big as it is is because – like, there's been a ton of money funded into it. There's a ton of money funded into the new stadium. Uh, Oklahoma City's spending $40 million bucks on the, the Hall of Fame stadium. Uh, ESPN's investing money. And I know they're, they're making money, but they also invest a, a ton of, of capital and resources to be able to, to put all that stuff on. Like, that's what you get. You get people invested in, in your sport and in the decisions of the stars. And that's just... Uh, it's a reality. If you want the sport to grow, this is what comes with it. Comes with the territory. Yeah. So, no, no. All right. Quick opening timeout. I see the text rolling. We'll get some text next. Uh, 651-3439, Knippelmeyer. Text line. We'll be back. I saw a text message in the last show just briefly, and then there were so many coming in that it disappeared. The singer for ACDC turned 89 today. Did I see that? No. Is that is, – was that what the tech said? I think it was uh, 89 years old. 
Is that crazy or what? No. Can that be true? Surely not. Or did they they put the wrong? Uh, is it is Angus Young the singer? or Is he the guitarist? I think he's guitarist, isn't he? Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He can't be eighty nine. Seventy five, and it's not his birthday at all. Huh. There was a uh, weird. Um, <laughs> I remember youth group. I'm throwing it way back. Uh, Asbury back in Tulsa. Uh, it was, we were reading one of those like, you know, would you rather type books? And my mm-hmm. buddy Ryan Smith was asked, um, would you rather have an extremely high pitched voice or like extremely small feet or something like that? The second one doesn't matter. But he was like, he thought about it and he goes, and we were all into classic rock and whatnot. He goes, well, lead singer ACDC has a really high voice and he's like the coolest dude ever. So I go yeah. high voice. I was like, that's some that's some awesome reasoning right there. Ah, uh, I get it. Daffy Duck turned 89, the lead singer for ACDC. That's funny. <laughs> so I, I told this story the other day. I um, <laughs> I played ACDC for my son. Yeah. And he he listened to it for a little while. I was like, what do you think? And then he said, the singer sounds like Daffy Duck. And after he said that and I was thinking about it, I laughed and I was like, I'm, every time I hear ACDC from now on, that's what I'm going to think of. It, there's enough there to at least make you think. It's, uh, that was pretty funny. Well done. Well done to the text line for, uh, for that one. That was good. Yeah, I could see that. Nice. I could. <laughs> you could work for CNN with that reporting. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, not his birthday and <laughs> not 89 years old. That's, that's right. Okay, so we hit softball. Now we've got football. All right. Walk me through the, uh, the LeBlanc situation yesterday. Kind of. I guess caught some people by surprise. Maybe there were some rumors there 24 hours or so, maybe a little bit longer uh, before it happened. What do you think of that? And what's the fallout, either you know on the field or optics with Oklahoma? I think the fallout will be solely optics, really. I mean, it's, you know, many people have said, including you, uh, did not have a great spring. Um, and then if you don't have a great spring and immediately post-spring, the coaches bring in two players, more experienced players, mm-hmm. to be ahead of you on the depth chart, and you were going into spring with an opportunity to say, all right, I'm going really, to really make a name for myself here, and I'm going to put myself in that conversation that we currently find Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold and P.J. Adeboare and Josiah Wagner – and and some of these guys that have really impressed early, he had an opportunity to put himself in that kind of conversation. And the you know the the there's been rumors about you know he wasn't really handling the workouts that well. Um, that you know it, he had had the poor spring, and then you see two guys come in. I'm sure he's just like, hey, look, I'm out of here, man. Like I, I don't see a I don't see I'm not going to play this year, which is not. Which is kind of silly, right? I mean, if you're a freshman, you shouldn't assume that you're just going to play the first year at a place like Oklahoma. Right. Like, you, like that would be silly to assume. But I think, like I said, a poor spring combined with not really handling the workouts probably as, as well as some of the others are. But optics-wise, I mean, he was the highest-ranked 
defensive line, uh, you know, recruit like true to interior defensive line, defensive tackle commit. Yeah. So Todd Bates is going to catch some flack over this, but I mean, I'm I'm a certified sunshine pumper. I don't think he deserves to catch a lot of flack for this. Well, I don't know. Um, number one, I don't know. I don't know the reason that he's leaving. Um, you know, maybe it's that he felt like it's going to be hard to get playing time. But frankly, I if if that is, I I just I I can't buy that. Yeah, unless unless there was some type of, and I don't think Bates would do this because it doesn't seem like this is kind of his mo. It's not I, unless Bates said, "Hey, look, you're going to play first year if you come to Oklahoma. Like that is that is, like we are going to get you in the rotation, which would be which would be reckless to tell uh, a high school senior in the first place. Which is why I don't think. But I'm trying to think of just what would give him the idea that he was just going to rock up to Norman and be like, "Boom, I'm in the rotation, baby." Well. Uh, and here's why I don't buy that. Um, I, even if it was told to him, you're going to start here. He watched the same film of himself in spring as I did. I, there's no reasonable person that would that would look at that and say, okay. This is more difficult than I thought. I I've got some I've got some growing up to do physically. I need to get stronger. Uh, I need to get in better shape. I you know I technique wise, I'm I'm not there. Which let me just say is ninety percent of incoming freshmen, especially ninety nine percent probably yeah, right, especially early arrivals. You know, defensive line is a difficult position to play. Now I. There's some guys that have it physically, but you know it's just it's if you if you don't have it physically, you better have it technique wise. And most guys just have not had the coaching technique wise in high school. So, like that's why I don't think that that was the case that he was that it was a playing time thing because I just I I don't I don't think he viewed his performance in the spring and thought I should be the starting nose guard. Right, but I think what. Uh, you know, when it comes to playing time, I think it might be he saw he had a poor spring or he felt he had a poor spring and maybe thought to himself, I haven't put myself in a position to get playing time. Yeah. So so I need to go somewhere where, where this level, you know, I can play. So it, it may not be a, man, I, I thought I had a great spring. What do you mean I'm not starting? I think it could be something different of, man, I really didn't, I really didn't put much good stuff out there and I need to go somewhere where I can kind of reset a little bit. Um, but... I mean, I, as you get farther away from the ball, like I feel like it's tougher to to be, or as you get closer to the ball, it's tougher to be physically ready, right? Like when you look at offensive linemen, defensive yeah. linemen, right? Like no you doubt. need, you can't bring in a bunch of true freshmen and be like, we saw this with Texas A and M, right? They had that crazy class in twenty twenty two, full of five stars, and a lot of them didn't play. Because they like did, you, it was probably skill position guys for the right, most part, right? And you, and so you bring that in. I mean, it happens, but it's it's it's, it's rare. rare. So. With that, it's like you have to have those expectations that look. If I'm an interior defensive lineman, like I'm probably not going to play immediately, and that's okay. Yeah, like that's 100% reasonable. Nobody's going to look down on a single freshman. I don't care who it is. 
nobody's going to look down a single freshman for not coming and starting immediately, especially at a program like Oklahoma. I see this text from Softball Steve. LeBlanc got homesick, uh, has to go home to family, hope this virus doesn't spread throughout. Uh, I think that says kind of cuts off throughout the, you know, the rest of the program. Um, I don't think there's – let me say this too. Um, it is – you're on a football team with 100 guys, but it can be an incredibly lonely – experience if like you got to remember you're coming to a place where you don't have any friends you've left all your your friends that you know for me I was from a small town I graduated high school with the same guys I went to kindergarten with right so you go to a new place and if you if you don't have some guys that you click with I mean there's a ton of different personalities but if you just if you don't find guys that you click with and you know, the football part is is really difficult and it's coming maybe slower than you expected. And then you throw like these incredibly difficult workouts on top of that. And, you know, it's it's everything you have. I'll just tell you right now, I every waking moment, the pretty much most of my career at OU, but for the most part, the summer before my freshman year and then my freshman year, every waking moment of my day was dread of everything that I have laid in front of me. Every night before I go to sleep, I had a problem with sleeping because I would stay up really late because I knew the next day was going to be the new next or the new worst day of my life. So I stayed up really late, and then I'm super tired the next day. And, yeah, it happened to be as miserable as I thought it was going to be. And the cycle just repeats. And if you get stuck in that, it can it can be incredibly lonely. And especially if you don't – like, I was lucky that, you know, I happened to found, find a, a, a group of guys, four or five guys that I really clicked with. And, you know, that takes some of the burden away. But – you know, when, when you can share that, everyone's kind of going through the same thing. But if you don't find some guys that you click with, it's lonely, man. It's lonely. So I, I don't know what the reason is, but, you know, hopefully he finds a good place to go. Um, hopefully, you know, if, if it is homesick, he finds a place close to home. Um, and he, you know, develops, ends up having a great career. But right now, as far as Oklahoma, I'm not worried about us roster-wise. I, the only thing about this that even becomes a, a thought that, that is negative that, that I give a second thought to is how's it going to be used against us on the recruiting trail? You know, like that's, that's the only thing because everyone's going to pick up on anything that's deemed a possible negative and try and, you know, and try and use it against you. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Keep the text coming. I said we'd get to some this segment. We only got to, I think, one or two. We'll get to some more next, I promise. 651-3439, keep them coming. All right, Rush is back. Let's go straight to the Knippelmeyer text line, shall we? Um, Teddy, did you play high school football with Josh Cunningham? I absolutely did. He's my defensive line coach when I played. Yeah, I played high school football with him. I also played soccer with him uh, my whole life. 
hell of a goalie, uh, absolute unbelievable uh, human being. He went and played. I was trying to think of this. I was trying to tell someone the other day. He went and played uh, football in Kansas. There's a uh, there's a college in Lawrence, not KU. What's the the college there? I think it's the Native American uh, University. Does that ring a bell at all to either one of you, Pierce? No? No? Okay. Someone on the text line may know. But, yeah, I know Josh Cunningham. Great dude. Um, how about some appreciation for Nicole May sticking it out through all the other pitchers being brought in? I hope she gets a standing ovation every time she takes the field uh, next year. Yeah. You know, that has been interesting for her. Um, kind of, I, I don't know, I shuffled around a little bit and has been pretty daggum good whenever she's been asked to come in. I mean, her ERA in the last three years just keeps on getting cut in half. I mean, yeah. I think she was in the twos uh, when she first got here, uh, and then she was like a one-six or something last year. And then this year, at the end of the season, she was number two in the entire country in ERA behind only Kennedy yeah. from Stanford. So, I mean, it's it's funny because, you know, in this conversation, people are saying, well, you know, with Jordy gone, you know, that's – that's." I'm like, guys, we have three other pitchers on last year's team because they're like, well, we wouldn't have we, – we, some people said we might not even have made Oklahoma City without Jordy. I'm like, I don't know, man. We still had the number one defense and number one offense, and we had three yeah. sub-one ERA pitchers. I think Patty probably could have figured it out. But, yeah, absolutely. We may have had to be a little bit different of a team, but – Well, yeah, yeah. but – but with I, I would trust Patty to figure that out. And, yeah, Nicole May has just, you know, kind of get in where you fit in, and all she does is go and not give up any runs for the most part. Who the hell needs Google? I swear, I love crowdsourcing <laughs> information. Haskell uh, College, yes, Haskell Indian Nations College in Lawrence. That's exactly the, the one I was thinking of. And I don't know. 30 people at least so far have uh, have sent that in. You see what I'm saying? Ah, it's it's amazing to be in search of the truth and in search of information with our text line. Just amazing stuff. Now, it's going to be difficult for me to get through all the Haskell uh, text messages to get back to some of the stuff. Yeah, can we that mute we that now about. or what? <laughs> uh, ah, Ref Army. Just just amazing. Um I think that's the uh, – let's take a second to really celebrate anyone who prioritizes their mental health. I don't think this generation is any softer. I think they are much more aware and vocal about their needs. Well, I don't know if they're necessarily much more aware and vocal about their needs. I mean, like I was saying 20 years ago um, – I had a group of friends and we were all freshmen together at OU and we basically sat in a circle every night and uh, convinced each other to not quit because we were all going through this miserable experience together. Um, I, I didn't have any problem, you know, saying that to my parents and my parents would have supported anything that I wanted to do. And, you know, and maybe that's not the case for everyone, but I think it's it's not necessarily um, that they're more aware and vocal about their needs. I think, and social media has done a lot of good things, but I think social media 
inflames or enhances everything. Something good that happens, I don't know, like you, someone's gone through something and you put a, a GoFundMe out there and post it on social media, the amount of positive reinforcement that you get is incredible. Like It just it accelerates everything. That means it also accelerates all of the bad stuff. Like if you're going through something that's that's frustrating or you've made a mistake and and people are are you know talking about what you've done. I always talk about like uh, the simpler time is whenever you could get your ass kicked in PE class in front of you know 30 of your friends and everyone would laugh about it and You'd catch a hard time for the next week, but then everyone forgot about it. Now you get your ass kicked in PE class. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Your parents are fight like in a social media war with the other person's parents, and it inflames a situation that really was just a couple of kids, you know, figuring out their differences. And you know, there's a bunch of different things like. For for Jordy, who wanted to go home, well, you see all your friends post on social media, all of your friends that you miss from back home that you follow. Um, I think she's got a boyfriend that's that's someone said that she plays baseball in Nebraska or something. You probably see, you know, pictures of him and like, how is that hard? How does that make it, you know, strain a relationship with, with space whenever you're seeing him out with his friends and, oh my gosh, does he miss me? Does, like, he, he looks fine without me. It's just so, social media inflames everything. Well, and to your point, you know, a lot of the conversation, unfortunately, around this Oklahoma run has been the celebrations, right? The celebrations after a walk, throwing the bat down, everything sure. like that. Well, how how did... How did that become a conversation? Who was actually complaining about their 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 celebrations? Danny Cannell. On Twitter. <laughs> on right. Twitter, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if this was in a pre-social media age, I don't know where they'd hear it from. It would have to be from heckling fans or booing or something like that. Like the way they celebrate and the way they've always celebrated, all of a sudden now they're having to a- answer questions in press conferences and they're getting called every name under the sun for pointing to their own dugout or getting mm-hmm. excited with their own dugout. Like, to your point, it's before that was just between you and whoever saw it, and, and that's what it was, and it was a celebration. Now it's being played, you know, all over Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and everything like that, and everybody's got to offer an opinion about it. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to play college football with social media. I just I can't even wrap my head around that. It's it's crazy. Well, I mean, now now people say I'm glad they didn't have. Well, I mean across everything, I'm glad they didn't have cell phone cameras when I was growing up. You know sure. what I mean? Because they see everything that's going on now. Yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy. I, I, it's it's wild. It, it makes it very difficult for a young person to function. Uh, whether you're in sports, whether you're not, I, it's it's brutal. Brutal. Right. All right. Uh, late for a timeout. Quick break. We'll come back. Wrap up our number one next. Now, I saw Pierce like I could watch his computer screen here in studio, and I watched earlier in the show. I watched him flipping through and deliberately select cake. 
Are are you a cake fan? I'm a huge cake fan. Wow. Love me some cake. That's shocking to me. Why is that? Because that song is from before you were born. Yeah, a lot of the songs <laughs> I play are before I was born on here, okay. man. Okay. Yeah, well, that's true, but cake that's a that's a very narrow little lane. There's not a whole lot of cake. Well, I mean, there's probably a lot of cake fans out there. I think a lot of people like them, but I don't know that they actively seek it out like you did. I watched it. Yeah, this that, I like. Yeah, I wish there were more on there. I'll play some more later. Well, what's interesting is like because I didn't know like okay how much how much are you really putting you know into the bumper music here? Are you just like oh what has Parker played throughout the day or what you know? I I don't know. I try to play a little bit of every now and then. I'll play something that uh, some of the old school people don't really know too much and try yeah. to try to give the ref army a little bit new taste of music. I, I'll you tell can you what, watch, it's a big job. You can watch them scroll. Like sometimes it's like you can tell it's like a it's a. They're flipping the scroll button and they're just hitting something <laughs> a little random. Roulette. Yeah, a little <laughs> roulette going on there. But I watched. I was I was creeping on his computer screen and watching. That was deliberate, him, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I we, we've hit the Jordy Ball stuff. We 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 talked a little bit of uh, about LeBlanc and you know the LeBlanc situation has added to some of the heat that we hear out there. Vocal minority on Coach Todd Bates. Um, do you think that this, like, I don't know what necessarily his, I mean, I, he's got a good reputation, but I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I don't know necessarily how, like what the, what the thought process is with high school kids. Like, does something like this, do you think factor in, I mean, I know it can be used against you and, and coaches probably telling David Stone, you see, like, you know, the last big recruit interior defensive lineman's already in the portal, you know. So I'm sure it's getting used against him. But do you think this is something that actually could turn into something on the recruiting trail as a negative, optics-wise? Well, anything really can, you know, if you know if it's sold correctly by the other staff. But, I mean, take Stone, for example. He, he has such a good relationship with Bates and whatnot. All mm-hmm. he'd have to do is call up Bates and be like, hey, what happened? Yeah. And Todd Bates would be honest with him. The thing is, Todd Bates won pre-NIL. Todd Bates won 2019 recruiter, national recruiter of the year from rivals. I mean, so this isn't a situation where like, hey, man, he's got some skins. Like, no, this guy was nationally known as the best recruiter in the country Yeah, in 2019. Well, what changed between now and then? Well, he went from Clemson to Oklahoma. Uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's it. not it. No, okay. not what I was getting at, right. but – um, David Hicks is in this class if there's not a bag of cash and a yeah. track hawk waiting for him. You know what I mean? Like, there's there, there are some wins that you probably have, and, and more than just David Hicks. That's the thing. It's – I have such a tough time blaming Todd Bates for it because I do believe people when they say, hey, look, I've got a great relationship with Todd Bates. Love me some Todd Bates. And really, even when – and I like Tibbs a lot, but – the off the defensive linemen that are still on the roster that played under Tibbs and Bates, mm-hmm. they're like, oh man, I love Coach Bates, man. The, the way yeah. he te- the way he teaches, the way he coaches, the way he interacts with us, man, I- I'm learning all this. Like like they really were just they were so excited to learn and improve, and I think that speaks volumes because you can at least compare things, and you're like, oh okay, well this guy this guy can coach. Uh, I I find it so interesting because. He's obviously Miguel Chavis's like mentor, essentially, you know, by with coaching on defensive line, and he's been with Bates, and Bates has coached the whole defensive line, but obviously he's got Chavis there. Well, Chavis is on a recruiting run like crazy. This is his first time 
you know, as a position coach, and he's already landed a five-star. He leads for another five-star. Like, I mean, it's if a guy in his first time as a positional coach lands five-stars in back-to-back classes, I mean, and his essentially mentor is Todd Bates, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, I hear you. Uh, which, we're up uh, against a break here. Um, but uh, you mentioned 2019 Recruiter of the Year. NIL has changed the landscape. Um, you said Hicks would be here if not for NIL. I happen to agree with that. Um, and, you know, as, as I said with Parker yesterday and he agreed, that's he's not the only one. Right? I think there would have been uh, several more here. But NIL isn't going anywhere, at least that we know of right now. Maybe tomorrow we wake up as quickly as things change and it's gone. But uh, it's something that we're going to have to survive in. I don't, on the other side, I want to get your take as to why Oklahoma is not keeping up with the rest of the top of their tier of college football when it comes to the NIL stuff. All right, quick timeout. Hour number one in the books. We'll be back.